are now tuning in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Dayan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lidor Dayan. And in today's podcast, I had a chance to speak with Dave Palombo. For those of you who don't know who is Dave, Dave is a retired bodybuilder and expert contest preparation coach. He is the CEO and founder of RX Muscle and owner of Spaces Nutrition. His notable clients include the likes of WWE superstars Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Dave and I talked about several topics such as the importance of fiber in our nutrition, how to train properly to gain more muscle, and the difference in training and nutrition between men and women. So without further ado, let's begin the interview. First of all, thank you very, very much uh, for uh, sure. being on my podcast. And second, I would like you to introduce yourself for uh, the people who might not know who is Dave Palombo is. Yeah, I'm Dave Palombo, and um, I have been in the bodybuilding industry for over 25 years now. I started out um, as a med- medical student. I was in med- medical school for three years. I got into bodybuilding while I was kind of in med school. I was bitten by the plug. Uh, on my third year, I decided I was going to take some time off. I really wasn't loving working in a hospital and treating sick people. I really kind of more enjoyed the preventative medicine type of field where we can kind of keep people from getting sick to begin with by giving them you know, the right diets and nutritional supplements and exercise regimens. So I, uh, I took a year off. Uh, I started making money in bodybuilding. I never went back. And so... Um, you know, I competed for about 13 years. Then I kind of retired and segued into, you know, reporting on the sport more. And now I have a, a website called rxmuscle.com, which is a media website, kind of like ESPN for bodybuilding and fitness. And we have original TV programming. We report on the contests. We you know, interview the top, uh, I guess you could say, names in the business. And uh, I also have a nutrition company called Species Nutrition, which is a very high-end uh, nutrition supplement line that I sell uh, you know, products to the, the general public, all over the world for that matter. And uh, once again, uh, it's pretty well known at this point. It's been around for over 10 years. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of living the dream in the sense I'm doing, you know, all the things I always wanted to do, and I'm actually making a living from it, so I can't complain. Wow, that's really amazing, and I want you to, to take you a little back uh, when you just started bodybuilding. What made you, was any a trigger, you, you saw maybe a, a movie, you saw somebody, what made you so inspired to become a bodybuilder? Um, well, I always, lo- I always liked the look, you know, um, you know, I was a big Sylvester Stallone fan, you know, from the Rocky and the Rambo mm-hmm. movies, and... I, you know, so I liked the look, I guess. And once I started, you know, working out more and more and I started seeing my body change a lot because I was always very lean. So I would see the muscle, muscular changes pretty quickly. You know, I got the urge to I guess, get on stage and see, you know, how I can do a bodybuilding, even though I, <laughs> I really wasn't big. I thought I was big. But you I was the long uh, run distance, no? Yeah, I was a distance runner. And after training in the gym for like a year, 
with weights, I decided I was going to do a show, and I was—I think I competed at like 168 pounds, uh -huh. and I was obviously too small for my height, which was 5'10", uh -huh. and I, I didn't do that well, but I was very well conditioned, and all the people backstage were like, holy mackerel, you're ripped, you know, but I was, I had no muscle on me, so I didn't have enough at least, and so the next time I competed two years later, I was like oh, 200 pounds, so I had gained, you know, 32 pounds of muscle or something like that, so... I knew that I had a somewhat of a knack for, you know, for bodybuilding. I didn't know, you know, how far I can go with it, but I, I, I knew I loved it. And I liked, I loved seeing the changes in my body. So, I went with it. I, that, that's been the story of my life. That I always kind of just whatever that my, I'm happy to be passionate about or involved in. I kind of give it a hundred percent because I'm like an overachiever. I want to make sure I'm the best in the business at whatever I do. I want to become an expert. That's always been my thing. I bred cats, believe it or not. I bred Persian cats back in the 90s, and you know, I was obsessed with that when I was doing it. I got into fish tanks. I got obsessed with that. Now I breed snakes. I'm obsessed with that. Obviously, I'm obsessed with the reporting on bodybuilding, having the best content on the site. I'm obsessed with having the best nutritional supplements. So, like I said, I try to, if I do something, I decide to do it and give it 100%. I'm going to give it my all. You know, I'm not going to go half-assed and doing anything and otherwise it, to me I'd rather just not do it you know and that's that's always been the way I, I was in life I never I never liked to do like a million different things I always wanted to just focus on what I really enjoyed and what's going into the mind uh, like before contests and you prepare yourself like it's really uh, very uh, mentally right because you're on a diet you're on low carb uh, you're starting to feel like really exhausted and uh, What's going in through your mind on the last months before? Are you going to just uh, uh, be the best or you are like in the mind, you're thinking, I'm going to win this? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to say all the time, when I compete, I always knew I'm going to win. So what's going into the mind? Well, I, I, my, my mindset was always I wanted to be the best I could be. You know, because you don't know who else is going to be there. Mm -hmm. We all want to win. Of course you want to win the show, but you can't predict you know who's going to be there so you, all you can do is focus on yourself and I think my goal was always come in the best you can be in other words there's not going to be any excuses why I couldn't you know diet harder or why I missed the gym I didn't care how bad I felt I got to that gym I never cheated on my diet you know when I wasn't supposed to and this way when I got to contest day I knew that I did everything I could conceivably do to look my best and I think that that's that's all you can hope for, really. Because, you, you, like I said, there's always someone better than you somewhere. Mm -hmm. So for you to say, I'm going to win, 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 and then go to the show and be disappointed, it's it's kind of like foolish, you know what I mean? So I would always say, as long as I'm my best there, however the cards fall, that's that's the way they fall. And, you know, I've won a lot of shows, and I, I, didn't, I didn't do well in, in a bunch of shows, not because I wasn't in my best shape, just because there were either better people than me or the judges just didn't feel that I deserved it. Mm -hmm. to be up as high as I thought it deserved. So I never left the show saying, man, I screwed up, you know, because I, I, I always gave it, like I said, always gave it 100%. I was always in the best shape of my life, and I did as much as I possibly could. Yeah, and it's really uh, important to, to, be, to, to know how to talk to yourself better because we all have this, uh, we all uh, try to achieve, and when we don't get what we want, we sabotage ourselves in the mind, and we say, oh, what a stupid I am, I didn't do so well. But That's you great. actually, you said a good point. You said, like, I always uh, say good stuff to myself, right? So it's also... Yeah, well, yeah you got to think about yourself and... and, and, and 
you can't worry about what you can't control. Mm-hmm. You can't. I can't control how anyone else looks. I can't control if anyone else is dieting harder or not dieting as hard. I, it's not something that I have control of. So for me to worry about it, it's it's wasting energy. You know, it, it's there's there's no benefit to it. So I just worry about myself. Am I going to be my best? Am I going to be in the best shape of my life? Am I going to is my posing as good as it could be? Is my tan going to be as good as it can be? And I try to keep all the variables that I can control. You know, that's what I, that's what I focus my energy on. Mm-hmm. And as an expert, and you are a lot, a lot of years in the bodybuilding industry, what is uh, the most common mistakes you see a lot of people do before they go and they prepare themselves into a contest? Well, I mean, people do people do crazy stuff because you know I, I see some people, these competitors, you know, two weeks after a show, and some of these guys look really good, and then they show up at the show and they're terrible. And I'm like, what did you do? And they like made all these kooky crazy changes you know uh you know leading up to the last week of the show and i'm like why'd you change anything you look so good and, and so a lot of people like will overdo things they'll, they'll start depleting too much salt or taking too many diuretics or or just overdoing you know things or or they think that they're that they want to be big on stage so they just don't get in shape you know they, they're always so preoccupied with being full in the gym and not looking small that when they get on stage they're just they're just not lean enough so I see those two extremes a lot and that's why you know coaching you know what I do for you know for the athletes is is, is a that very valuable service because it's very hard for people to advise themselves mm-hmm. but if they hire someone like me you know and I'm going to tell them every step of the way what to do then there's no chance that they're going to make a mistake yes and especially when you are uh, on three or four percent body fat then you uh, don't really think good right Well, even if you even if you think amazingly, it's just very hard to advise yourself because mm-hmm. you look in the mirror and you want to do crazy kooky things because you think, oh my God, you, you go into a panic. It's very hard to be subjective and look at yourself and say, okay, I'm where I need to be. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to stick to my plan. No one ever does that when they're advising. They always do too much or too little. And when was the time that you said to yourself, Okay, I'm done with bodybuilding. What made you like say, okay, that's enough for me. I want to go and explore something else in my life. Yeah, you know, uh, in 2003 and two, I placed second at the USA um, and then I placed uh, second at the nationals or vice versa, I forget what it was. And in 2004, I kind of placed sixth and I thought I should have been higher but you know what my phys- I was had a lot of injuries uh, in my shoulders uh, as a matter of fact in about two weeks I'm getting my left shoulder replaced because it's so bad but you know back then in 04 it you know I was still functional it just it was starting to get really bad I wasn't able to train the way I wanted to I couldn't really pose my shoulders right because and my arms right because I couldn't externally rotate my shoulder because of the pain and, and, and the arthritis in there and I said you know what I said to myself once before I'm gonna stop competing when I don't think I could be better than I was the year before and honestly after 2004 I said to myself I don't think it can be better than this I think I'm gonna start getting worse and I said I don't want to start getting worse on stage and have people see that let them remember me at my best and so I, I just stopped competing and I said you know what I'm done uh, I got to move on to the next stage of my bodybuilding life and uh, I didn't know where that was gonna be but I, I knew it would be in, in some sort of a situation of teaching people The right way to do things because I had already been doing that I've been writing you know articles for different websites and magazines and I had been you know 
putting out a lot of coaching, you know, advice and stuff like that. But uh, really, YouTube really wasn't that big then, and social media really wasn't around. So uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I, I knew that I was going to start directing my energies towards that. But back then, uh, was your blueprint is to become Mr. Olympia? Is that what your dream was back then? You know, my, my dream was always to make a living as, in bodybuilding. In other words, I wanted to be able to make a very nice living for myself mm -hmm. doing what I enjoyed doing. I didn't want to have to go get like a regular job at Home Depot or mm -hmm. wherever. You know, I wanted, to, I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to be my own boss, essentially, and doing what I like. And in essence, I thought that involved <laughs> getting on the Olympia stage, you know, because we all assume, well, To get to that level, you're going to have to win the pro card. You're going to have to compete at the, at the IAPB level. You know, obviously, I, I, at one point, I was probably one of the biggest guys out there. I'm like, well, I could win the Olympia. You know, we all think that ridiculously, that ridiculously distorted thing in our head mm -hmm. uh, because we're not seeing ourselves, you know, for what we are. But, um, you know, I had that, those delusions. But, it, but my goal always was to be able to support myself doing what I love. And so, in essence, I guess I, I accomplished that, you know. So, um I realized it wasn't important to get on the Olympia stage. It didn't matter, you know, you can still make a really good, maybe a better living by not getting on the Olympia stage and focusing your efforts on business. And and so it worked out, you know, and I, I'm a big believer in, you know, if you just put your energy and your mind into what you really enjoy doing, you know, that you will find a way to make a living from it, whether it be playing video games or drawing comic strips or, uh, you know, shooting a basketball you know if, mm -hmm. if you're good enough at it and you put enough energy towards it you'll find a way to make a living from it yeah i, I will tell you why i ask this because uh, i really love to study success and successful people and what they do differently than anybody else and um there the is the difference is they don't quit that's the that's the key as soon as you quit you're, you're doomed to fail you can't you cannot you cannot succeed if you quit but if you don't quit and you keep plugging away, you can't fail. That's my, that, you know, that's my mantra. I think it's like uh, maybe when, when your current life is not matching your blueprint to life, then you start to suffer, right? Because you have a vision yeah. and you're like, ah, I need to be like, uh, for example, Mr. Olympia. And if you're not Mr. Olympia, then you start to suffer and you start to maybe get into depression. So as long as life condition doesn't match the blueprint, then we always suffer. Right. But I think that some people are delusional, too. You know, you, there is such a thing as a delusional, you know, um, desire in life. If you're, you know, 160 pounds and you want to be Mr. Olympia, mm -hmm. but you're not willing to make the sacrifices, you know, necessary. That means not missing the gym. That means not missing meals. That means living, you know, not going out and partying and, and, and missing, you know, sleep. If you're not willing to make those sacrifices, then you're delusional if you think you're going to get to where you want to go to. Yes. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people. They feel, oh, well, you know, I have the mindset too. How come I don't succeed? Because, because no one could have worked harder than I did or put more effort and energy into what I did and sacrificed more than I did. I knew that. I knew that it was, I left nothing on the table. There was no chance that I could, that anyone could outwork what I was doing and, and put more of my mental focus into what I was doing and, and, and have a more scientific approach to what I was doing than I did. And I think that that's why I, I knew I couldn't fail. And I didn't know how I was going to make the money or how it was going to manifest itself. But I just knew that if I put this much in continuously, and this happened with RX Muscle too. When I first started, I was losing a lot of money. I was paying out of my pocket. Everyone told me I was an idiot. I wasn't going to make any money from it, that it wouldn't succeed. And, you know, it's been around since 2009. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're going on eight years now. So 
don't let people tell you you can't do something, but also in the same right, if you don't put 100% effort into it, don't expect to succeed. You know, and I think that's an important point. But you, you had clarity, you knew what, what you wanted. And this is what uh, makes the difference because when you know what you want and you go into this uncertainty, you don't know what's gonna happen, but you just uh, believe in yourself enough and don't let anybody distract you or telling you it's not, uh, you are not gonna do it, then you are going to do it because as long as uh, people believe in themselves, and in their heart they know what they want they know what they're after then they will just it's just the time until they get what they want right yeah or, or they get what they're supposed to get in other words you know i always say you don't get what you want you get who you are so mm -hmm. what you put out there energy wise and and, and passion wise is what you get back you may like i may have thought i wanted to be mr olympia but i really didn't You know, I, I wanted to be successful in this industry and, and make a good living from it and, and make a difference in the industry. That's who I was. I just didn't realize it at the time, you know. Uh, but I still focused all my energy, and then the universe kind of gave me back, you know, what I was. And I think that that's important, an important distinction to make because not everyone's going to be Mr. Olympia. There's only one Mr. Olympia, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, everyone else is not. So everyone else better find a way you know, to, or find a niche for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an important distinction to make. Yeah. For, so now I want to take the conversation to another thing. And this is about uh, training and nutrition, because as an expert, I would like you to answer a few questions if you can, please. So uh, what takes uh, longer to recover uh, the muscle or the nervous system? I've said it a million times that the muscles are just a machine. Uh, the nervous system is what controls the machine. Mm -hmm. uh, the nervous system, the way it communicates, but the way nerves communicate with each other and, and with muscles is not by type. It's not an electrical system. Like you plug in your uh, lamp into the light socket. It's a chemical system. The chemicals are released between the nerves and then they communicate with the nerves. And so they tell this one nerve tells the other nerve what to do, or one nerve tells the, the muscle what to do via these, what we call neurotransmitters. The problem is that because it's a chemical system, we're limited by how many chemicals are in the body. So in other words, if the neurotransmitters run out because we're using them up too much, because we're training too much, we're not taking days off, we're not recovering, we're not sleeping enough at night, which is all the, all the ways that these neurotransmitters recover themselves. If we run, if we run out of them, okay, then, the, then the, the nerves can't communicate with the muscles and then you know, we feel like crap in the gym, we, don't, we lose strength, we lose desire. And of course, when the nerves can't talk to each other in their brain, we get depressed. Mm -hmm. So the symptoms of, clini uh, of clinical depression are very similar to the sim symptoms of uh, overtraining because they both are the same thing. It's an exhaustion of the nervous system or the neurotransmitters. So the nerves are more important. Um, obviously, the muscles will do what they're told, but you have, to, you have to really have reverence for the nervous system because that is what's telling your brute muscles contract, relax, You know, grow, don't grow, and I think people forget that. And I, I, I know guys that train seven days a week, two day, two times a day, and then they wonder why they don't make any result. They don't get good results, or they get burnt out. 
I think because of uh, today's, you know, you have YouTube, you have uh, Facebook, Instagram, everybody talks about building muscle and you just get so confused. So some people say because you're natural, so if you're natural, you need to just stick to three to five days a week and you need to make progression. Like uh, you always want to make sure that you are getting stronger. From the other end, there are people that says uh, you need to put uh, time under tension. You need uh, to contract the muscle to actually feel the burn. So what is your opinion about that? You know, what I've learned over the years is there's no such thing as, as, as the right way in, as far as working out or training goes because everyone's body is kind of responding a little differently. For me, I always found that, that less volume, more intensity, more rest work really well so I, I trained five days a week you know usually three days on one day off two days on one day off I trained one body part you know per day so each body part got trained once a week and I try to keep my workouts under an hour and 20 minutes if possible now some of them went longer because sometimes when I would train legs I would go so heavy that I have to rest three three minutes between the set so the only reason they were going longer is because I was resting more it wasn't because I was doing an enormous amount of sets I probably never really did more than 15 sets for big body parts or 12 sets 10 sets for smaller body parts like arms. So my thing was blast the hell out of it while you're there and then get out of the gym and recover. And it worked for me, you know, because I would find that if I did less sets that I would put more effort into those less sets because I wasn't so concerned about, oh, I got one more. I got another five sets left. I got another 10 sets left. I gave 100% to, to the sets I, I did. And I went as heavy as I possibly could with good form. And, and I found that that built muscle optimally in my body, at least. But for the average guy that's just uh, starting out in his first year, so what would you suggest him to do? Like uh, to stick to a different rep range, uh, to getting stronger over time, or, or maybe using more of the tempo techniques? Um, I think when you first start training, it's hard to feel the muscle. Mm -hmm. So you, you need to do a little bit. You need to do more sets because you need to start. You need to develop those neuro pathways uh, and that mind muscle connection. So I think the weight is not quite as important when you first get into the gym as, as technique is, and from, as from feeling the, the the muscle and going through that range of motion and getting that down. But after about six months of training like that, I think you could really start to to, to raise the weight, cut back the sets and the volume a little bit and give more intensity into the workout. Um, that, that to me, gave me the best growth in my, my mind. And, and do you think uh, there is a place for like uh, techniques like drop set, super set, uh, rest absolutely. pause? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I used to do them. I would incorporate, I always tell people when they ask me, well, what about this person's workout or what about that person's workout? I said, they're all good. It, it's a good idea to swap and change it up every once in a while. You know, I would do super sets and drop sets, but I wouldn't do them every week. But I might work a different superset in or a different drop set, you know, one for one exercise each, each, you know, every other workout or something like that, just to intensify what I was doing. But by and far, most of what I did was straight sets, you know. Mm -hmm. And how important is uh, the digestive system for building muscle and losing fat? Well, I mean, if your digestive system is toxic, okay. If, the, if the, all the food you're eating is just kind of festering and laying in your colon, you know, mm -hmm. because your colon's weak and you're not eating enough fiber in your diet, um, then you, your body's first priority is not going to be to build and repair muscle. The first priority is going to be to detoxify the body and keep the immune system strong. So 
if you want to grow, you got to keep, and you're going to eat six times and seven times a day, you better take a good fiber supplement to push all the waste out of your body optimally so that your body is efficiently, you know, eliminating waste and it's not concerned with over, you know, I guess toxifying itself with, with acidity in the body. Um, and that light, I, I have a really good product that I make from Species Nutrition. It's one of our best sellers. It's called uh, Fiberlize. It's, uh, you take a serving twice a day, and it's a psyllium-based uh, fiber supplement, which, which, if you don't know anything about psyllium, is, is, is like eight times more potent on a gram-per-gram basis than Oprah. So mm-hmm. it's very potent. It keeps the colon in good shape, okay, so that you're not going to have like a, you know, constipation or you're not going to have, you know, especially in, more so in women than men, but a lot of women complain to me, most of my clients, they can't go to the bathroom. And uh, so they get them on fiberlized and solves their problem. So um, a good fiber supplement is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think uh, when it comes to training uh, between women and men? Uh, is there any difference uh, in the routines they, they need to do, the training or the nutrition? Um, women tend to not be able to metabolize carbohydrates as, as well as men. So I usually I have women on lower carb diets, uh, have them on higher protein and higher uh, f- essential fats. Uh, in the gym, I mean, the training is essentially the same. The only thing I don't do with, as much with women is we don't really do, unless she's a female bodybuilder, we don't do a lot of chest work, you know, super heavy, you know, inclined benches and stuff like that because it's not that important to have, you know, huge pecs as a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, I really don't do a lot of shrugs, you know, for traps. I don't, to me, uh, huge traps on a woman is not, is not a feminine look on the stage. So uh, aside from that, though, I, the workouts are pretty much the same. I mean, you want to build muscle. They got to lift heavy and they got to use good form and full range of motion. So for women, uh, let's just say, for example, if she walking on their, her upper body, so you need to train it like maybe once uh, a week, it's enough? Well, one body part per week. I would break the, the, the workout breakouts, uh, breakdowns are the same, you know, chest one day, shoulders one day, back one day, legs one day, you know, arms one day. But if she like, ah, oh, I don't want uh, to walk too much, like you said, they don't like to walk on their chest too much. Uh, so can you do like, if she trains four days a week, so she do uh, two low, uh, or three uh, days of lower body and one day just, should you just do a couple exercise for the upper body? Yeah, I, I mean, unless she's a, unless she's an, uh, like a bikini competitor that might be on the verge of being too big, mm-hmm. you know, and then you don't want to weight train her too much because she's going to get too too big. But you know, if that's not the case, I mean, to me, I would do each body part once a week. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe do like a separate, you know, glute and hamstring day where you know a lot of women like to do some lunges and and some other you know plyometrics and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with that for just developing a little more glute. Um, but you don't want to be doing long, super long workouts, you know, for the same body part two, three times a week. You're going to overtrain the body part. And uh, for the rep range, for women, men? I, for men, I usually do four to, four to eight or ten reps. For women, it's usually about six to twelve reps. That's usually the range I, I, I train them in. Okay. And, and as for vitality and energy, because... There are so many types of nutrition. There is the low cost paleo, uh, you have like a, a lot of fats. So if we don't look at the, uh, how the body looks, okay? And we look at vitality and energy, what do you think uh, maybe is a better ratio for having more energy in life? 
You know, I think keeping carbs moderate really helps sustain more energy. Uh, obviously, a high-protein diet is going to keep your blood sugars more stable as well. Uh, I like to do moderate fats, you know, coming mostly from essential and good heart-healthy fats like monounsaturated fats like macadamia oil and your essential fatty acids, fish oil and, and primrose oil. Uh, I think when you eat a good high-protein content and space it out over five or six feedings a day, and you temper that with a, with some good, you know, moderate fat intake, and then you just give yourself just enough carbs to kind of fuel what you're doing in the gym and, 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 and what your work, you know, output is like during the day. I think that's going to keep you much more even. You're not going to be bloated and tired from carrying around all this extra weight. You're going to you're going to feel good, and that's important. When you feel good, to put you in a good mood. So. You know, it depends on the person's goals. If the guy wants to get huge and wants to bulk up, I'm going to have them on a lot of food. They're probably going to get bloated and they're probably not going to be, they're going to be tired all day because they're carrying around an extra 25, 30 pounds with them. Mm -hmm. So that just comes with the territory, though. When I hit 300 pounds in 1995, I, I thought I was going to die. I was, it was so, I was so heavy that I couldn't wait to go home and go to sleep at night. That, that's just to get off my feet. That's how heavy I was. And, and because there are so many people that uh, when they eat after an hour, they just want to sleep. So how can you avoid this? Like, like you said, like uh, less carbs during the day? No, I think, you know, some people just, you know, they get tired. Maybe they're not sleeping enough at night. Maybe they have sleep apnea. Maybe, they, you know, I don't know what the, what the problem is. Um, you know, I'm not against coffee. I'm, I'm against taking tons of stimulants, but a cup of coffee to keep you productive during the day and prevent you from, you know, falling asleep at work, I think it is, is good. I mean, if you had, as a bodybuilder, I used to always take naps. Like, almost like a baby. You know, mm -hmm. I'd get home from my workout, I'd have a meal or a shake, and I'd go to sleep for, for an hour, you know. Uh, I had that luxury. I wasn't working a real job, you know. And, but my recovery was so much better because of that. I know guys that, that get four hours of sleep a night. There's no way that they're recovering from their workouts as well as I was when I was sleeping nine hours a night and doing another hour nap during the day. You know, that, was, that was another advantage I had over people. Sleeping is super important to grow. Why do you think babies sleep so much? <laughs> Because they're, they're in growth spurt, you know? And uh, as a guy that's in the uh, supplement industry for a long time, if you could uh, suggest maybe uh, like the top three supplements that you actually believe they can work and help uh, getting better results, what would you suggest? I get asked this question all the time. And, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, I make the three supplements I'm going to tell you about. And the reason I make them is because I, that I believe that they're that important. And that's a good multivitamin, multimineral, with the minerals all being chelated minerals, which are super absorbable, uh, you know, the most absorbable kinds of minerals. Uh, I make a product called V-Mineralize. You take five pills twice a day. Mm -hmm. I know people that go and take a Centrum one a day or they take a multivitamin that's two pills a day. There's no way you can get enough of all the vitamins and minerals that your body requires into one or two pills. It's just impossible. So you're basically just buying a dream. Uh, people think it's a convenience. Oh, it's so easy to do eat two pills a day. Yeah, of course it is, but you're not getting any benefit out of it. You need to use a threshold amount of the stuff that actually has you know decent quantities. In it. So how much uh, is enough? Um, well, the, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different vitamins and minerals and be mineralized. So if you look at the, if you go on my uh, speciesnutrition.com website and you look up the demineralized formula, you can see I did a lot of research on what the exact amount of the each vitamin your body requires as an athlete on a daily basis. And that's what I put in there. But it's according to each uh, person's how much well, you weigh? Well, I mean, each person's a little bigger or small, but pretty much, you know, if you're an adult, you probably all, we could all benefit from taking, you know, five pills twice a day. 
I, you know, I'm sure if you're a 96 pound, you know, female, you maybe you can do seven pills a day. I don't, you know, or if you're, you know, 400 pound guy, you might want to take 15 pills a day. But by and far, for most of the people who use V-mineralized, five pills twice a day is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, this, the second uh, supplement I would advise people to take is essential fatty acid supplement, uh, and you need to use both essential fats, the omega threes and sixes. And fish oil is the best source of threes, and uh, the best source of six is evening primrose oil. So I have 3,000 milligrams of fish oil, 2,600 milligrams of evening primrose oil in six pills. So you take three pills in the morning, three pills at night, and you'll get all your essential fats. So that those are the two most important. I'd like to see people take a little bit of extra vitamin D because people are a little deficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, V-mineralized has 2,000 IUs of it in there already, but you probably need about another 5,000 uh, per day. You can pick that up anywhere. It's pretty cheap. And and I mean, I would call that like 2.5, you know, the supplement 2.5. The third supplement that you know, in this list of top three would be the fiber supplement. Once again, you mm-hmm. got to rid the body of waste. And that's my fiberless product. Uh, it's uh, artificially flavored, so it tastes really good, but there's no carbs in it. You know, no, no absorbable carbs. The only carbs that are in there that are the fiber itself, and fiber by definition is an unessential, excuse me, is an unabsorbable carbohydrate. So if you take those, you know, those three, three and a half supplements, essentially, you're going to cover all your bases. And you said about the fiber is because why uh, most people just don't eat enough fiber. It's impossible to eat enough fiber in a bodybuilding diet, that is. But if we look at the average people, uh, they just need about uh, uh, 10 grams of fiber for each 1000 calories, no? Yeah, well, that's a lot of fiber. If, you, if you're taking 3,000 calories and you need 30 grams of fiber, the problem is that you can't get it all from eating salads because salad is, in, is soluble, excuse me, is insoluble fiber. Most of the fiber you need to take in is, in, is soluble fiber. And the best source of soluble fiber is psyllium. Psyllium is eight times more potent on a gram for gram basis than is oat bread. So, so is the difference in fiber? You're going to be like you're, it's going to be like you're eating 64 grams worth of, of of oat bran. Plus, the, none of the carbs are absorbable in psyllium. So, uh, when you see the fiber life shake, it's, it's, it's a very, 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 very... Uh, so, what you say, product. it's like there is a difference in the fiber source? Yeah, because it, it, I know people, you go to the store and they sell these, these soluble fibers where you, do, you put them in water, they disappear. It's like, oh, this is so easy, but it doesn't do anything. Matter of fact, the number one selling fiber bar in the market is called Fiber One. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Benefiber, no? No, Fiber One is a, is a bar. Ah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's a protein okay. bar, but it's, it's, it's the number one selling fiber supplement. There's no fiber in there. It, it, guar gum is the fiber, which is a binder. It doesn't even do anything health-wise to your body. It's, it's all sugar and carbs in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their, that's their uh, fiber supplement. You know, and the other thing that you mentioned, what did you mention, Fiber One or something like that? Uh, Benefiber. Benefiber. That's crap. There's nothing in there. There's nothing that's really? hopefully going to do anything in that supplement. You know, so um, people just don't know. And so they just they, they fall victim to the marketing that's out there. Yeah, and, we all uh, think uh, like I always saw that if I go and I uh, maybe have a uh, hoax and it says there there is like uh, 10 grams of fiber or if I uh, take uh, uh, beans. So how right. is the, the fiber that's in this uh, foods is good? It's okay, but you got to remember. I told you, psyllium is eight times more potent on a gram for gram basis than oat bran. So you'd have to. So if you ate, 
eight grams of psyllium in my fibrolyzed supplement. You'd have to have 64 grams worth of oat bran to be the equivalent of that. And think about how many grams of carbs you're going to get in that. So it's just not practical. It's very, very hard to get enough fiber in your diet without taking a supplement, especially as a bodybuilder who's so concerned with getting enough protein. You know, just carbs are just not an, it's just not something we worry about, you know. And there is a place I can check it because there, they, it's never right in the ingredients. Yeah, well, you look at the ingredient list. If it says psyllium in there, it's the number one ingredient. Then you know you got a lot of psyllium in there. You, it says it right. You know, look at my fiber, uh, my fiberized uh, container. You'll see exactly what's in there. Okay. Okay. Last questions. I always ask before I end an interview okay. is. Uh, what is the, uh, the legacy you would like to live long after you won't be here? I know it's different from all the topics we talked right. about, but uh, I always uh, love to uh, end the conversation with this question. Right. <laughs> I think the, my legacy would be like that, you know, people remember is the guy who, who educated, you know, the masses in bodybuilding and fitness and showed people how to eat properly, how to take supplements properly, how to understand, you know, the, I guess, science of being a bodybuilder. Uh, and he wasn't, you know, I don't, so many people out there give advice, but there's no science backing their advice, or they just make up stuff. And uh, I'm the guy who wants to, who tells the truth, you know. I call RX Muscle the truth in bodybuilding. I, you know, truthfully, Dave Palumbo is the truth in bodybuilding. You know, hopefully everything I say out of my mouth is going to be truthful from a science standpoint, from a uh, point of view of what I felt happened at the shows what's going on in our industry you know not everyone wants to hear the truth not a lot of people sometimes people get pissed off at the things I say but at least I'm telling the truth and so people know if they listen to what I'm saying they're going to benefit from it in the long run yeah you're doing an amazing job so I really want to thank you uh, for everything you do and you share and it's really I don't take it for granted so thanks again for uh, being on my podcast and uh, till the next time thanks (laughs) Keep up the great work. If you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the Mind Body Podcast, feel free to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share this podcast on Instagram by tagging the Mind Body Podcast. Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body podcast? So remember the fast factor. The fast factor stands for one, Facebook. Become a part of the Mind Body podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook the Mind Body podcast community. Number two, act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. 3. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search the Mind Body Podcast on YouTube. And number 4. Train others. Because just like I always say, leaders create leaders and you're all here to grow together. And by training others, you're training yourself. So this is the fast factor. Remember it. Facebook, act, subscribe and train others. Oh, and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses. 
and the back sensors stands for visual, auditory and kinesthetic, which when you use all the three combined, you remember stuff much better. For more information about my coaching, public speaking and taking your mind and body to all new levels, check my site at lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever forget to smile. See you soon.